0: And it's good, I guess, you know, if you look at the etymology... Et- etym- uh, hang on, which one's bugs and which one's words?
1: <laughs> etymology. Ety- etymology.
0: <laughs> By the grace of David Cryer and his fine team of malt and hop purveyors, and for the benefit of several listeners, this is Radio Brews News. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me now for a chat and then later again in December for Christmas drinks uh, is the founding editor of Australian Brews News Matt Kierkegaard but not the current editor of Australian Brews News James Atkinson who is otherwise occupied. G'day Matt.
1: G'day Prof. Uh, Mate how are you?
0: I'm very well mate just uh, excuse me we've just got a very important announcement to make I've just got a producer in my ear just giving me an important (laughs) update. (laughs) i have just got to uh, press the music button now. Folks, don't panic. You have not accidentally clicked onto Ale of a Time podcast. That particular music, Have a Drink on Me, means that uh, we can officially announce now, Matt, that um, Radio Bruges News, what was going to turn out as um, three three blokes sitting around having a beer together, uh
1: has now all of a sudden become hashtag Bruges News Christmas Party. It's a thing, Prof. Uh, yes, no, we, we, two podcasts ago, we threw out um, that we were going to be together in Sydney and I just sort of floated the idea that maybe we could invite anyone who listens uh, to this and lives in Sydney uh, to come along, and boy, people have picked it up and run with it. So um, our good friends at Shovel Brewing uh, have invited us to their newly renovated brewery, and they're putting on beers and food um, for forty of our Radio Brews News listeners. Gee, Matt, that must cost a pretty
0: penny. <laughs> I was trying to do one of the, you know, one of those uh, late night. Fake ads. Cheers, Matt, that must cost a bit. <laughs> okay. No, Pete. Actually, it's all free. <laughs> well, it
1: is It is all free, and uh, it, it's very generous, and it, it came about because they listened to the podcast. Yeah, so when they heard that they were looking for somewhere, and uh, yeah, they've offered to host it. So um, what we're going to do is listeners, because you are loyal listeners, and this is Listener Drinks, if you are based in Sydney or you want to uh, get yourself to Sydney um, for the week, for the Monday night, So this is Monday the 11th of December. Monday the 11th uh, from 6 till 8, and then we'll probably kick on somewhere else, but you'll have to pay for your own drinks after that. This podcast should drop about midday Friday. Um, I'll wait until Monday morning before we put it live um, on Facebook, broader than just the Radio Brews News um, page. So you pretty much have to be a a listener or a reader of the uh, show notes. To, to know about this, to give you guys the uh, the heads up and the first chance to get in for uh, a couple of hours of free drinks um, and the chance to meet James, Pete, and I, um, if you haven't already, and have a beer with us. Apparently, Malt Shovel has invited the Inner West Brewers Association, and so there's going to be um, you know a, a really good crew of uh, brewers from the area and uh, some industry people coming along as well. But there, yeah, there'll be 40... Radio Brews News listeners, uh, well, hopefully 40. Hopefully we've got that many uh, listeners in Sydney. (laughs) Judging by the stats, we certainly should do. 40 who are are keen to take
0: up the offer of free beer. I don't think we'll have a lot of trouble with that, Matt. But wait, Prof, there's more.
1: But I know you want more. (laughs) But I know that free beer and food with Pete, Matt and James is not enough. So what we're going to do is uh, we've actually got some merch prof. The first people and up to 40, um, but the first people that email this weekend. Um, So that's what the weekend of the 1st and 2nd of December. Um, that email uh, matt at brewsnews.com.au with the headline, I'm in for beers. You'll also get a bar blade presented to you when you uh, turn up on the night. Yeah, so email this weekend, say I'm in, and uh, we'll see you uh, with Barblade beers and uh, food in hand. It's just getting bigger
0: and bigger, isn't it? This is sensational. And thanks very much to, to the guys at Mold Shovel um, and Paul, isn't it, who's um, extended the invitation to us and is kind of now
1: herding cats in terms of organising all the, the bits and pieces for us. They've taken it all on. So uh, And, you know, these guys do it themselves so, because, you know, they're, they're reps and so they have to pull it all together. So they don't, you know, whilst you do think of them as having a big uh, machinery behind them, uh, he's pretty much doing it all himself. So, uh, yeah, no, very, uh, very appreciative. Thank you, Paul. Come along and, yeah, have a drink on us. And I think Chuck Hahn's keen to, to come along and uh, bend our ear a little bit as well, Prof. So you'll get to have a beer with Chuck and uh, a whole stack of other uh, great brewers.
0: Excellent. So uh, matt at
1: brewsnews.com.au,
0: flick an email, the first 40 in, get to turn up, um, they'll have their name on the door and they'll have the benefit of the generosity and hospitality of the guys there
1: at the Malt Trouble Brewery. Yeah, and you're, you're welcome. If you want to say, put me down for two, um, because I know that beer is a social drink. So uh, if you want a second ticket, specify that in your email. All right, too easy. Get on board, folks. Meanwhile, in the news,
0: uh, in this week's news, we tilt our heads at a funny angle, squint and look at Gage Roads, who unveil their offerings to the new stadium in Perth. And we might even have a look at some beer issues at the Gabba while we're at it. An explosion of quality control issues. Uh, Brew inks a deal to pour 1.5 billion litres of beer into the land of China. The Gab's Hottest 100 turns 10, but does it turn chicken? And finally, I love the smell of outrage in the morning. Matt, Gage Roads unveiled their offerings under the Albi brand, which is uh, a a play on words, I guess, or a, a nickname Referring to the Albion Brewery which poured WA's first beer in eighteen thirty seven. So the new the brand new Optus Stadium in Perth, which will be pouring Gage Roads beers, which I think I'm pretty confident in saying that outside of, you know, your your fat yak and your James Squire this is probably the first Australian independent, inverted commas, craft beer that will be poured at a, uh, a national stadium.
1: Yes, uh, very exciting news. And I just sort of wonder whether there's going to be any clash between Albi and Albo, which is the uh, Anthony Albanese beer that uh, is brewed in Sydney's Inner West. But uh, we'll leave that for another. Podcast discussion. Uh, Yeah, no, very, very exciting. It's one of those things that, you know, sports goers uh, who have discovered craft beer deservedly bitch and moan about um, on social media about the beer selection. Um, I I think it's a a really exciting thing. I get the feeling that it probably will have repercussions um, for stadiums around the country, Prof. Um, I was very lucky back in 2009 when I went to the Great American Beer Festival to have an afternoon at Coors Field, um, named after Coors the beer. Um, but I managed to drink New Belgium Fat Tyre Amber Ale at the stadium, which astounds me given it's named after Coors. Cause. Cause has got a brew pub in the, the, the Sandlot um, Brewery in the basement of the uh, stadium, and yet you can still get an independent craft beer there. And uh, to me, that really showed how far ahead um, America was. Matt, I think this is a very exciting development. How about you? Yeah, no, very, very impressed. And also we should just point out that uh, so the
0: LB draft is a 4.2% and the LB crisp is a 3.5%, uh, a classic no-fuss West Australian lagers. The key point there for me, Matt, is that, yeah, well, you've got a, a mid-strength there, which is great, but you've got a full-strength there as well, which um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm pretty sure. I know certainly at um, at the MCG you can only get mid-strength beer. I'm pretty sure the Gabba is the same. And I'm just thinking back to when I uh, last went to State of Origin. It uh, would have been the Sydney Football Stadium. Uh, not sure if you can get full strength beer up there uh, all the time. But, but this is a great development. I did hear, and we'll probably move on now to uh, cricket or venue related uh, beer news. Uh, you were lucky enough to be Invited along to have a beer
1: with a, a few famous characters at the Gabba during the, the first test, yeah. Um, and you're right about the GABA, um, it's mid strength unless you're in the members because apparently members don't misbehave. No, that's right, that is the same at, at the G as well, which is a little bit ridiculous. But, uh, you know, that we could spend a whole podcast going on about that, but yeah, no, out, out of the blue, um, Jadeep uh, Chandrasaka, um, Chandrasakaran, Chandrasakaran, um, I should. I need to practice that, um, Prof. Uh, I, I only ever call him Jadeep for obvious reasons. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> and a terrific bloke too, Jadeep.
1: Yeah, so a lovely bloke uh, who's you know sort of been in. He's the head brewer for Cub, but is a cricket tragic and uh, is also great mates with Alistair Hook from Meantime. I believe they flattered together when they were both studying brewing uh, some considerable time ago and uh, they're also great mates with brad rogers and they uh, alistair hook um is out doing the grand tour of you know going to watch every day of every test um at every ground uh during the ashes and uh, so they were three great mates and they had a spare ticket knowing i was in brisbane they invited me along and uh, yes yeah, so i got to spend some time with them which was lovely i'm guessing you didn't get a nice beer though uh, well, but that, that's where it's a little bit funny. If, if I'm at the Gabba and Forex Gold is the only beer that's on offer, I'm quite happy to do that because yeah, that, that's where beer is in context. You, you're really not there to drink IPAs or anything like that. I would probably choose another beer if, if, I, if I had a selection, but if, if I've got a cold Forex Gold while I'm watching the cricket, that's good enough for me to an extent. And that's where the problem was, is that I don't know if uh, anyone's seen on social media, but the porridge at the ground was spectacularly bad. Sportsbet even posted a video um, tagged a national disgrace where you've got 15, 20 cups sitting out on the uh, pouring deck um, that are one part beer to three parts foam. And they're using the old uh, beer pistols, you you know, the the, the old... The old Pluto guns. Yep. they, They went out with button up
0: boots, I thought. Well, that's what I was You only thought. ever see them sort of at backyard parties where somebody's got an old corny keg and um, exactly. you, know, you, you sit it in a bucket of ice and, and
1: hope that it all works. And this is apparently a world class stadium. There's a lot of English tourists out. So you sort of think, well, you're showcasing the country as well and you know, all of the things that go with that. And the beer porridge was dreadful. Um, and the, the, the beer was sort of not warm, but it wasn't cold. Uh, and it was, you know, so it, everything around it was, you know, I would just agree with sports bet a, a complete disgrace, and I, I've spoken to 4x informally about it, and apparently they delivered the beer cold. They unusually for them, they had the beer um, stored cold. They had cold um, shipping uh, trucks there to get it there cold, so they could do everything they could to sort of make sure that the beer experience, given they've just taken over the uh, the Ashes rights, um, was there. And it just seems to be the Gabba Stadium and O'Brien Catering have just completely dropped the ball on um, something that should be quite simple, and that is pouring a beer. Are all the bars kind of like like temporary bars? Why, why would they have Pluto gun setups?
0: Because presumably they've also then got like mobile, you know, like roll-in, you know, temprite kind of things. I know my experience at, uh, say, Amy Stadium, and I was there recently for the Rugby League World Cup um, quarterfinal, and I could get a really beautifully well-poured beer We had, I think we had a line as well. So we had, you could get furfy, you could get forex gold, and you could get something else. I can't remember, and and a cider, Um, but all from permanent, you know, built in built
1: in bars. The bars are there are permanent, but they're obviously not plumbed with glycol systems. So I'm almost wondering whether they've just got a cool room off to the side, little cool room that the, the beer. I need to find out a little bit more about that because I couldn't yeah. see from uh, where I was, and I was there to enjoy the cricket. But it, yeah, it, it was, and it doesn't seem to be lines. Um, fault. They seem to have done everything that they could to do it right. And uh, I found the most interesting part about that was that in the paper on Sunday, you know, the very parochial Queensland press uh, was talking about how Queensland is only the fifth ranked test venue in the country with, uh, you know, Sydney and Melbourne obviously um, are always going to get the um, Boxing Day and New Year's tests. With the nighttime game, the pink ball game, um, Adelaide has made that its own. Um, And then you've got this new Western Australian stadium, that is newer and so Queensland is the fifth test so if there's ever four tests in a test series Queensland is going to drop out and it didn't seem to be about the you know stadium itself or the playing surface or the things you would think would be relevant for cricket it was all of the customer um, comfort things about public transport food offer drinks offer and because getting people into a stadium you know they've got these 55 60,000 seat stadiums and if you're not getting people in because they can have a better beer they can have a better experience watching the cricket at home um, your stadium drops down the the pecking order
0: the gabba is the premier pitch i think it's the, uh, from memory i think it's it's the last of the like original you know old style proper pitches it's not a you know drop in block a drop in uh, yeah yeah uh, and and so from a playing point of view, it's just like that you know summer uh, you know be a cricket on the radio sort of thing it's you know the first ball of the first test, particularly an ashes test you just expect it's you know it's coming from Brisbane. Um, next year I noticed there are six tests because we've got we, I think we're four against India, two against Sri Lanka and there's talk that the gabba yeah it might miss out because the the crowds were disappointing.
1: I think the crowds for the first few days were um, just because of the excitement, Um, having the first day of the first Ashes Test, um, I I believe that the first two days and even maybe the Saturday were pretty well attended. Sunday, the stadium was less than half full and, you know, it it was a pretty good crick. It was a real tussle. So, you know, it it seemed to be really good test cricket um, in that sense that, you know, it was a gripping match. But, you know... Uh, it, it was also interesting sort of speaking to some of the people who uh, you know so sort of follow these things. The um, Queensland Cricketers Club, which was once a, a real thrill to get into a to, to watch a game at the Cricketers Club when I was a kid, is the you know, poorest of the uh, national cricketers clubs. and again, you know they I think they've every now and then dabbled with having Stonerwood Pacific ale on, but clubs like that look at. Doing a financial deal with one of the big breweries, and I think they've got a sahi, They might have cricketer's arms on or whatever. Which at least is a thematic match. But in in this day and age, if you're a publican or a you know a sports stadium, and you think that people come just for the cricket, or if you think that they come to the pub. Just because you're a public, you know, just because you're a pub, you need to be offering so much more. And uh, I I think we are going to see, as stadiums like Western Australia start dabbling in craft and trying to um, offer, you know, at least a choice. I mean, when you've got a four point two percent draft lager and a classic no fuss Western Australian lager, you're not moving the 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 flavour dial too far. But then again, as I said, it's the cricket um but yeah i think we're going to see a lot of pressure on stadiums to have a contemporary food offer yep yep and lift their game particularly at the gabba and on that there were news headlines um in in, in the week leading up to the gabba talking about how exciting the food offer was going to be and there were going to be falafel and kebabs and you know stuff like that which again you know so so what? So it's not meat pies. It's still you know hardly uh, moving the ball. You know when you, you you leave it to caterers who you know just want to move units and paying an absolute premium price for the privilege of having this stuff.
0: Well, yeah, just just on that before we move on to the next one, I'll finish with. Uh, I was listening to the the coverage and Kerry O'Keefe was sort of came out and said the people whatever the the catering uh, mob uniform they should be wearing balaclavas because he was charged <laughs> seven dollars. Seven dollars ninety, I think he said, for, uh, for a schooner of mid-strength beer. Yeah, and I said, mate, mate, you want to come down to Melbourne? Uh, and I know, look, yeah, you know, Rugby League World Cup is probably there, there may have been different uh, what do you call it contracts in play, but I paid nine dollars eighty for um I like, for a very beautifully poured, perfectly temperatured, um and very easy drinking um
1: schooner of furphy. Well, there you go, and you know, like Furphy is just going great guns, and 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 you know, if you get Furphy at a game, that would be fantastic. And Prof, you know, cost is one of those things that it's a really vexed issue. On one hand, you sort of think there are you know 25, thirty thousand people here; they need, they have to be making money selling it at this. Um, But you've got the caterer who has, you know, all of the casual staff who are in and there's an army of casual staff. You've got the, they've got to pay the stadium. There are all of these costs involved in maintaining these temporary venues. Um, It is always going to cost a little bit more because of that. So I'm less angry about the cost of a beer than I am about paying a lot of money for a really shit beer, um, like a really badly poured warm pouring, beer that yeah. gives me no pleasure. And that's where you know the cost is what, is what it is. You either spend it or you don't. And if the price is too high, you, they're going to find that people aren't going to spend it. But if you're going to charge that money, at least make sure you're pouring it right.
0: Yeah, don't know if that's a, a good or a bad segue into our next story, which is uh, Brew inking the deal to pour 1.5 billion litres of beer into the land
1: of China. Uh, Yes, James Atkinson's It's a shame James isn't with us today because I know that he uh, follows this story very, very quickly. Their shares are up 52% off the back of the announcement. This is beer that's going to be brewed in China for China. That's the thing we don't know. All we know, and James Atkinson had a story ready to go a couple of weeks ago before he went uh, on holidays to Japan. But then there was a little bit, you know, it was a fairly big story that their auditor actually had a warning that he wasn't sure that the company was going to be viable next year because they'd basically, the $10 million they raised through their share float had basically all been spent. Um, you know, they've bought this Mildura brewery and they've lost money on that. They've lost money on their Australian distribution and they've also lost money on the uh, China deal so far. And they've spent an absolute fortune on buying this, this brewery. And so James was going to write about that, but then we decided to uh, dig a little bit deeper and. Kent Grogan invited James down. He hasn't had a chance to, to do that. So, But then suddenly they, they announced this story when they're meant to be selling 1.5 billion litres of beer um, over the next seven years. And you think, gee, that's a lot of beer. But then when you read a little bit deeper, um, they expect to generate $120 million in revenue from that. And you think, well, actually, that's a lot of money for a, for a tiny little you know brewery. But Prof, um, I don't know if you can do it in your head. Divide one point five billion by one hundred twenty million, and uh, tell me what you come up with. Do you want to know what I came up with? You, you tell me. Twelve and a half cents a liter is the revenue they expect to make on that. So that's revenue of twelve and a half cents a liter. Um, That beer is going is going to be brewed in China. I don't know. Whether that's a licensing fee or whether they brew it very cheaply in China, but it's, you know, I, I don't know. But it, 12.5 cents a litre doesn't sound very much. That's if they get paid for every litre of beer that they sell, because the the other thing was that there was a, a take or pay clause. Yeah. Clause in it, and they pay an unspecified amount if they don't take that money. Now, that could be, you know, like four fifths of fuck all. Um, you know, that, that may be 0.1 cent per litre if they don't take it, in which case. You're already coming down from twelve and a half cents a litre. They're not going to be paid more than that, and that's only if the beer sells. And then they're not getting the beer for three years. So, as beer writers, that's what we've been able to extrapolate. And yet, if you Google "brew China deal," um, all of the mainstream papers have reported it without any level of analysis or discussion or anything. And Hence, you imagine that that's what's driven the, uh, the the stock price up. And I just think that it just shows why the mainstream media is dying, that this is a story that is so easy to dig a little bit deeper in. And people read, you know, they they, they think that if a story has been written about in the Courier-Mail or the Sydney Morning Herald financial pages, then someone with financial nows has run a comb over it to at least, you know, raise alarm bells, if there are any. And there are alarm bells going off like a, you know, Downtown, like an alarm bell factory. Yeah, yeah on test on testy alarm bells day. So look, we'll wait and see. But you know, my my stock tip is still this is going to crater. Watch this space. In the garden, what a garden. Brews News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer.
0: All right, Matt, uh, news that just dropped yesterday, or I guess four days ago, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, the Gab's Hottest 100 turns 10. Does it turn chicken? They've
1: moved. Yeah, look, it's one of those topical issues that you you can never really avoid um, discussion around. Uh, my understanding is that the Hottest 100 craft beers ran to coincide with the hottest 100 music countdown because it's a good day. You know, it was a, a similar sort of idea, and it ran together, and it was much less about being on Australia Day and celebrating Australia Day than, you know, just it was a quirk of timing.
0: Taking advantage of a public holiday because you can then have, uh, I guess, build functions around it. You can uh, people are more likely to have time to listen to the the countdown of either the music or the beers, whichever one they're more interested in.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, so look, you know, I, I guess you can fully understand why they're going to do it. Um, there is a lot of discussion around it. Although the one thing I'll say about the, the Triple J Hottest One Hundred Countdown was that when you saw the figures that led them to change it, they went to a survey of uh, Triple J listeners, and I think it was you know only sixty percent um, supported uh, change in date, um, which. Sounds you know it sounds like a fairly clear majority, but when you think of it as being triple J supporters, who I'm actually surprised that it's not much higher. So because of that, you can understand that there is probably greater ruction in the broader community um, for people that aren't as passionate about it. And uh, you know, and, and, and that's where when we wrote about it on the Bruce News Facebook page, and there were you know comments about you know watch all of the racist neck breathers or mouth breathers uh, you know fire up now. Um, Racist neckbearded mouth breathers. Neck-bearded, mouth breathers or whatever <laughs> it was. You know, I, I sort of think there is a lot of vitriol towards people who have, you know, what that long ago wasn't an unreasonable position um, and, you know, times evolve. But I, I just don't think that sort of discussion helps anybody that if you, if you open your mouth and question it or voice a, a contrary view, that it's necessarily a bad thing. You know, the, I, I was watching uh, Mad Men with my daughter last night, Prof, uh, you know, my 16-year-old daughter, and you, you, you look at Mad Men, which was representing its time, which was what, the early 60s, so maybe 50 years ago, which is, you know, my dad's vintage, and you look at what was just commonly accepted uh, behavior then, and you think there were a lot of people who are you know, whose views are still being reflected. They may be on the wrong side of history, Prof but they're not going to change their views overnight. And I think uh, just labelling them as something that's uh, you know, fairly bad because they haven't moved as quickly as uh, some parts of the community is is, is a little bit unhelpful. And uh, at the end of the day, let's have a beer and count down some of Australia's best beers whatever day we do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes we can jump to confusing one aspect of um, of an event, in this case it being a, a, a friendly, fun uh, although it has certainly grown to be a technological behemoth and certainly something that's very much looking looked forward to and, uh, and polarising at the same time. Um, but you can look at it as beer. You can look at it as it happens to be on a date that some people think is a poor choice of date or uh, wish to, I guess, look at events that happened, you know, two, three, five, a thousand years ago um, through the prism of... of you know today's standards, which you just you just can't do, and and nobody's ever going to win. So, don't know if you've opened your um your browser recently, Matt, and had a look at some of the forums. But yes, <laughs> there's certainly a little bit of a little bit of discussion um on both sides, and it's good. I guess you know, if you look at the etymology et etym- uh, hang on, which ones bugs and which ones words?
1: <laughs> etymology, <laughs> Ety- etymology. <laughs> yeah, you know, dis-
0: discussion uh,
1: die. I think. It-
0: Pretty sure it isn't it from the Greek, meaning you know, dual or two or both or that sort of thing. So a discussion really, um, it's not about who can shout the loudest so that the the other side can't can't or doesn't wish to be heard anymore. Um, rather, it's uh, you know, a sharing of views and saying, okay, yeah, I'll take
1: your point, don't agree with it, but you know, let's have a beer and move on. And that's a great point because I, I think that there is a lot just the. Um, moral outrage that is generated, and the very glib use of terms like racist or sexist or you know whatever. Um, if there's any counter view um sure i mean these people might be on the wrong side of history as i say but that doesn't mean that their opinion is going to change and if people don't feel that they can voice what they regard and, you know they're not all racist just because they want to celebrate australia day it doesn't mean that they're denying um you know what went on 200 and what 15 16 what you, you do the math prof A lot, you know? lot more yeah. math. Well, 230 years ago 200 in yeah 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 so. yeah, yeah. Um, and look, I mean, my personal view is, like, I fully understand the, the upset around the celebration of the date. Um, but again, I think that, you know, sometimes the evolving symbolism of the date is... Keeping the date the same and evolving this, the symbolism to keep in step with community expectations is often a more powerful statement rather than just changing the date and pretending it never happened. Because sometimes then you lose the uh, you know that discussion. But anyway, yeah, you look, know, mate, it's beer um, hottest one hundred twenty seventh of January twenty eighteen. Uh, breweries get in and uh, list your beers make sure you can get voted for and uh we look forward to doing a live podcast on, on the date whenever it is prof but uh that outrage um does lead us to another story that happened uh, this week as well i love
0: the smell of outrage in the morning <laughs>
1: yes death
0: from above has been put to death
1: It has been. Uh, And again, same thing. You know, like I remember when this launched back in 2013 and there was a bit of vitriol. The Stuff stuff website in uh, New Zealand ran a uh, story sort of talking about how appropriate it was. And, uh, you know, back then I thought that the guys from Garage Project, who are very sensitive and, you know, um, I mean, I, I won't say politically correct, but politically sensitive. No. Yeah, you know, like they're just yeah. nice guys who are very they're thoughtful. Genuinely good people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they sort of talked about it then, and it seemed to have sort of people have accepted that it was a pop culture reference from a movie and it wasn't celebrating anything. And uh, uh, hey, should, should we explain the story a little bit? So they, they've got this beer death from above. There was a post out of nowhere on their Facebook page Um, Somebody seems to have suddenly discovered it, fired a very outraged, um, personal, uh, invective email to uh, Garage Project's uh, Facebook page, um, and they immediately um, took down their... You know, they they got ahead of the story, good PR, got ahead of the story, um, discontinued the beer with a very um, tactful and appropriate and sensitive, well-thought-out response. But of course, the discussion around that has gotten a little bit heated and uh, yeah, look. So, congratulations to those guys. I feel very sorry for them. I feel, you know, obviously the Vietnam War is a very touchy subject because of you know the, the amount of devastation and injury and hurt and pain and all of those things that was was caused. But of course, that's not what the beer was celebrating. You, you can get yourself caught up in knots here, and you can easily say the wrong thing without meaning to. But When you look at the story behind the naming of this beer, you can understand why they named it, and it's not designed to be offensive. It's not... I don't think cultural appropriation, unless using uh, Indo Chinese ingredients in a beer is cultural appropriation. Um, and it was using a pop culture reference. I, I, I don't know, Prof. I, I feel sorry for the Garage Project guys that they uh, got any blowback at all. Um, I can understand the sympathies around it. This particular one is a is a hard one, but you know, again, back to our point about Australia Day. Sometimes people can lead, you know, with the label rather than a discussion, and uh, that's always a little bit sad.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and we should point out too that there's it's, it's a bit of delicious irony that it was actually the second choice name, Death From Above. It, they were originally going to call it Hopocalypse Now, but there was a, a New Zealand uh, brewing outfit by the name of the Four Horsemen of the Hoppocalypse. Um, and so there was a there was a thought there, okay, well, you know, let's not use that. Um, Death From Above, as a pop culture slash historic reference, is the, uh, you know, as the, as the chopper squadrons moved in, you know, blaring out the ride of the Valkyries yeah. um, and raining um, a fair bit of metal, not napalm, as, as the, um, which, which wasn't dropped from – you can't Helicop- drop, no, you you don't you drop can't. napalm from helicopters. No. Um, it, it does kind of need to be a, a, a jet um, plane that can move fast enough to get out of the way <laughs> of the exploding napalm as it detonates, yeah. um, which, a, which a helicopter probably would, yeah, be in more shit than a where every um if it dropped nine an
1: but anyway no but you know I can understand that the person who made the complaint was uh, or identified as being a Vietnamese I don't know him so I can only accept his his word on that but he said that he was Vietnamese and I can understand he might be offended by that but does that mean that he's automatically right and that no references to the Vietnam war um, can be put on? Anyway,
0: it's not going to rub out history by changing the name of a beer. Um, it's not.
1: And, and-, and the, the purpose of it wasn't to offend. It wasn't, you know, like there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, Asian restaurants these days that are called, uh, you know, happy ending or, you know, lady boy or, you know, uncle <laughs> Hose and, you know, things like that, that uh, have been shouted down in, hysteria and you know like sometimes you, you think well you know you, you you really are taking the piss with that it, it just shows a minefield that we're in um when it comes to uh trying to bring in pop culture or history or anything like that because someone's always going to be offended um and it's just trying to sort of work out in advance how legitimate and how broad well, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: there's certainly a very growing industry of people who are going around looking for ways to be
1: who are so, looking I'll,
0: yeah yeah i'll leave leave you with two thoughts one from myself and one from um the two people I consider to be some of the last century's, um, you know, greatest uh, and most insightful <laughs> philosophers, which is uh, be excellent to each other. Bill yes. and Ted. Bill and yeah.
1: Ted, yes, yeah. No, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. And, and, and the other thought that I'll leave is that they weren't able to use apocalypse now because there was someone else called the Four Horsemen of the Hopocalypse. yep. How many hop puns are there? Um, that and, haven't been used yet? <laughs> well, oh. I, I, I'm willing to say none um there is always going to be a clash you know there's there's the challenge folks th- there is a challenge how are you going to work out hops come, you know, up, work hops come up with yeah come up with a
0: hop related pun slash reference or beer name that, that, doesn't that, you, that doesn't clash with somebody else's
1: not and doesn't and cause offence <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> or alternatively i'll leave you with this thought life's a lot more enjoyable and the, and the world a far more wondrous place when you allow it to just touch you and and, and let its beauty sweep over you rather than sort of
1: stomping around it, looking for ways to be offended all the time. Yeah, fair enough. And and just be a little bit of understanding that sometimes offence isn't intended, even if it is caused. Oh, breaking
0: news!
1: Just uh, this morning, as I was going through uh, Twitter, there was an interesting post. Liam at uh, at Drunk Spec, Drunken Speculation, which was a Brisbane blog um, that I think is no longer going, but he keeps the uh, handle, um, and he's a very funny uh, inciter of uh, beer-related culture. Um, so I follow at Drunk Spec on uh, Twitter, but he apparently was sitting at brewski which is one of brisbane's leading craft beer bars you say and a can of inverted commas farmhouse ginger beer on a shelf just exploded at brewski this has been an ohs near miss caused by poor qa and then he tweeted later another one went off and just scared the shit out of the bartender (laughs) um now prof we shouldn't um, laugh because that can we'd have to assume if it's
0: two units of the same brand of alcoholic beverage that presumably it's it's not oh we've we forgot to turn the heaters off at brewski um so presumably yeah there, there, there is something going on within that beer or ginger beer
1: I, I have very vivid memories of you know being a six or seven year old going to my grandparents house and walking into the kitchen and there was a blanket draped over everything uh in the kitchen because they'd been uh bottling ginger <laughs> beer um and uh had a couple of bottle bombs and uh you know well it was something- usually yeah it was usually the like half a week or a week later wasn't it when they'd sort
0: of uh you know, Uncle overcarbonating and- didn't realise that he, hang on, it hadn't finished fermenting and uh, he's capped the bottle and rather than bottle conditioning, it's just looking for the you
1: know, the weakest point in the link, which is the cap. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they'd, they'd be going off. But, you know, it's something I've always associated with when you read about home brewers who have, uh, you know, bottle bombs or um, in, in the basement or whatever. Um, that's what separates a professional brewer from a home brewer. And uh, I haven't had a chance to, to touch base to find out what brand of of beer it was or whatever, but you've got a commercial operation selling this beer and you've got, you know, a a business that has a, you know, either an importing license, if it was imported or if it's an Australian made, somebody has got an excise license, they've built a brewery um, and they're making beer that is exploding in bottle shops. That's a cause of concern we can all go on about how wonderful craft beer is and how you know there's batch to batch variation and you know I'm doing it pure and I'm doing it traditional I'm embracing terroir yeah 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 one of the <laughs> reasons that some traditions are left behind are because when you're sending your beer into the marketplace the bottles exploding isn't a good thing
0: yeah and we should point out we we, we have no knowledge of don't know who it is the specific brand we we don't 100% know and we don't know whether or not if they have their own. Now, Liam, at uh, a so drunk spec, indicated that it was a can yep. that exploded. So it could be that it's that there's also possibly a third party involved. And presumably, they are already going back through their processes to work out um, what happened um, and what, so, so they can work out what caused it. And uh, presumably, they'll then be able to rectify. You,
1: you certainly hope so. But I just think it's, like it, it's a caution to everyone out there who has now got a brewery, or is dreaming of opening a brewery. I think we're past the days of getting some old milk uh, equipment, whacking it in your, um, you know, shed, and making beer, and then thinking that there's a whole lot of punters out there that just can't wait to buy my beer. Um, actually, I think I just sort of touched on this last week, Prof. You know, talking about that idea that there was a lawsuit about White Labs. This is serious yeah. business, and if people are sitting in a in in, in a bar and your cans are exploding. That's not good for anybody, and it's potentially dangerous. Uh, And if anyone does have any information that could uh, clear up the
0: the details of that particular incident, perhaps you could uh, do what many other people have done in the past, uh, but perhaps not so recently, and send us a letter or an email or, um, I don't know, tie a note around a rock and throw it through Matt's window. <laughs> like,
1: Metaphorically. <laughs> that, that, that's where the donor money goes. It goes to replacing my front window after you say that's things it. like that.
0: That's it. Now, listen, before you uh, head off, folks, before we head off and uh, and close down this very entertaining um, squinty-eyed episode of um, Radio Bruce News, we do remind you that uh, you can now pop over and have a listen to was a Conversation, where this week James Atkinson caught up with uh, Ken Stout and Dave Totes from Goose Island. And uh, say what you will about independence and all that sort of thing, but uh, James is a very insightful journo and gets some really good insights um, and asks the serious questions to the guys from Goose Island about their plans for Australia, the uh, appointment of a new brewmaster and the plans to open a brew pub. So that's uh, beer is a conversation on all your favourite podcast platforms. Matt, we've taken enough of everybody's time, but there was a lot to get through and uh, I thought we handled it very well.
1: Listeners, as, as profs, they just be, be to each it. other. Drink good beer, be yeah. nice to each other.
0: Discussion, D-I, it's from the, from the Latin, you know, die, di, di, two, double, yeah. you know, two way. So discussion, discussion invariably denotes that there are two sides to the conversation. There are. And the best way to, to discuss some items is to discuss them over a beer, which we'll be doing, as we remind you, on the Monday the 11th at the Malt Shovel Brew-ha- Brewery in Camperdown in Sydney, Matt at brewsnews.com.au
1: flick an email and we hope to see you there looking forward to it and uh, yes uh, you you don't need to bring anything to, to the drinks but you have to bring your own soapbox
0: and we're out